You are now listening to Only Yahweh's Truth Makes Sense, Part 1 taught by Pastor Randall Crawford Sr. Please visit our website to listen to more messages like this one and subscribe to our newsletter at BethelHouseOfTruth.org. Again, that is BethelHouseOfTruth.org. Enjoy the message and God bless you. Good afternoon. I want to welcome you all to Bethel House of Truth this Sunday service. Praise be to Yahweh and Yahshua in the highest. Amen? Amen. All right, let's get right into this. We have a three-part message for you today. The first part today. It's called Only Yahweh's Truth. Yahweh being God's sacred name. I am that I am. Only Yahweh's truth makes sense. Only his truth makes sense. Anything else will not make sense. Nothing else will make sense to you if you belong to God. If you are God's child. You will hear his voice. You will understand his voice. With some asking, with some understanding, with some questions. You're going to get it. That's why we study. That's why we learn of our Father and our Savior, Jesus Christ. We're not here to think that we know everything or to think that we got it all together. Okay? But we are here to seek God, to seek Jesus, our Savior and our King, our Lord, our Shepherd. Amen? That's what we're here for, to be better for him, that we may be better for our loved ones and those who are seeking God in this life. And we may lead them to the true shepherd. So only Yahweh's truth makes sense, part one. Today we're going to be talking about, in the first part of this, we're going to be talking about the reason we're here in the flesh. You know, I got a whole book about it. Um, stop searching, let me explain why we're here, but I'm going to just condense it all at into this okay real quick and i'm gonna give it to you because i want everyone to get this everyone across the world and everyone who listens in and everyone who's, who's here i want you to understand this because i want you to be blessed of god and i don't want you to make any spiritual mistakes that's going to harm you in life okay or your family um so the first one the first thing we're going to discover is the reason why we're here in the flesh the reason why we're here in the flesh in the first place I have a message called the three earth ages that gets into even more depth of why we're here in the flesh okay on Spotify and iHeartRadio wherever else but it's there and the next thing we're talking about in today's study is did we all come from Adam and Eve okay so we're gonna break all these things down so that you're not lost in any way okay that you're not lost in any way I don't know too many churches that teach this. I only know of one other church that teach this. And that's the Church of Philadelphia, which is Shepherd's Chapel. It's the only church I know that teach this. What I'm about to teach today. Okay? So let's get right into it. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. The creation of heaven and earth. See, that's kind of a... I like to call it the recreation of heaven and earth. The recreation. Because earth and heaven was already created in the first earth age. And we're going to talk about that first earth age this is the recreation okay the replenishing of this earth and this second earth age the one we currently live in so genesis chapter 1 verse 1 if you have it say glory to god and it reads in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth period hands down period okay in the beginning genesis is barash if the beginning in the Hebrew tongue. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, period. It didn't say when. Okay? It did not say when at all. This word God here is Elohim. One of God's sacred names. 
Yahweh is his sacred name that he wished to be called. Not Yahweh, but Yahweh. Not Jehovah, but Yahweh. For there is no J in the Hebrew language. Ain't no way is Yahweh. It's only Yahweh. But here you have God as Elohim. This name secures God's place as God the creator of all things. Of all life. Of all life. And it's a beautiful name. Because he is Elohim. The creator of all life. Praise God. Let's figure out when he did this though. I'm going to give you some words here. And I want you to remember them. And the earth was without form. Now if God creates something, why would it be without form? Okay? Let's break down this half of this verse here. And the earth was. The word was in the Hebrew text and the manuscripts is translated became without form. It became without form and void. Now this word without um, form is waste. So it became waste and it became void. And the word void is tuhu. It's a shorter word for the word tuhu vabuhu in the Hebrew tongue. It's a shorter word, tuhu. Like a nickname for it. Tuhu. So let's read it again with understanding. With the way the manuscripts the manuscripts read it that cannot be changed. That cannot be changed. And the earth became without form, became waste, and tuhu, void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. That's, that's a lot. And those two verses, that is a lot to take in. Tuhu vabuhu, void of any life, destroyed, covered over with water. Destruction. Now, not in one place in this, in this here, in one place, most churches teach that, the, the dinosaurs are somewhere in the creation of what God is saying here in the early pages of Genesis. They're not. The dinosaurs were in the first earth age. Not in this earth age. The first earth age. Now I want you to understand that. In the book of Job, it talks about, God speaks of, he says, Job, are you stronger than my greatest creation? The brontosaurus, first earth age. Job never seen the brontosaurus, but he speaks of it to Job, letting him know how small man is compared to God's creation. Glory to God. So let's figure out something here. We have to literally figure out what happened to cause this second earth age and what was so beautiful in the first earth age. Now, if you go back in the first earth age, if you go back to the first earth age, you will imagine and sometimes in school they teach you, in college, high school, elementary, they teach you how beautiful and how lush it was in the first earth age. Perfect climate. Perfect. 90 degrees, 100 degrees, all day long. Okay? The firmament was beautiful. Everything was intact. There was no skin cancer. It was just beautiful. Dinosaurs, all types of animals roamed the earth. And every tectonic plate was connected. They all were connected. Florida fits into South America. That's just the way it is. And I want you to know that something happened. Something happened. Or you could say, who happened? Who happened? Who? 
We're going to figure that out right now. So what or who caused the earth to become this way? Question. To become void. Tuhuvabuhu. Covered over with water. A wasteland. His name is Tyrus. His name is Tyrus. Tyrus is his name. Some people call him Pretty Ricky. But his real name is Tyrus. <laughs> his real name is Tyrus. Satan himself. This is Satan's name in the first earth age. In the first earth age. Okay? If this is your first time hearing this, it's like, what? First earth age? Yeah. In the first earth age. I'll document everything I say. I'll show you how you've been missing the truth all your life. The name Tyrus is another name for rock. And it means a movable rock. Not the rock, because Jesus Christ is the rock. But Tyrus would later on take the name Antichrist, which means instead of Christ, because he always plays the role, tries to play the role as Jesus Christ. Okay? He wants the office of God, but he can't have it. That was the whole problem in the first earth age. So who is Tyrus? Tyrus is Satan, and Satan is Tyrus. Even the serpent as you know him, the devil as you know him, as Lucifer, Antichrist, I just stated that. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil because he knows how to be good and he knows how to be evil and he chooses evil. And the destroyer, Abaddon, Apollyon, because he destroys everything he touches. That's who he is. Let me give you some more insight on who this is. Let's go to Ezekiel 28. Ezekiel 28. What I'm about to read to you is from the first earth age. God is not speaking here in these verses that I'm about to read to you concerning this earth age. Later in this chapter, he speaks of this earth age, the second one we currently live in. I'll, I'll keep it moving so that you understand, and I'll point to so you get it and know. So Ezekiel 28 verse 1, if you have it, say glory to God. The word of the Lord Yahweh, L-O-R-D, all caps, that's God's sacred name, came again unto me, saying, Son of man, say unto the prince of Tyrus, there his name is, Tyrus, the movable rock. Thus saith the Lord God, Adonai Yahweh, because thine heart is lifted up, that means pride, and thou hast said, I am a God. Here's the problem. I sit in the seat of God, in the midst of the sea, seas is always translated peoples. The souls in heaven, the spiritual beings in the first earth age. Yet thou art a man, not a man, not Adam, but the spiritual man from the first earth age. And not God, though thou hast set thine heart as the heart of God. This is Satan's problem. This is his downfall. Okay? He set his heart as the heart of of God. Satan thought he was God. Tyrus thought he was God. He had and still has this pride. And this pride is called self-introspection. So what was Tyrus' position in the first earth age? Before he became a cherub, he was in charge of all the praise in heaven. Before he even became a cherub. And the cherub is one who protects the mercy seat, which is the seat of Christ. So imagine being at the seat of God Protecting the mercy seat, which is the seat of Christ, and seeing all the worship that God gets. Imagine before having that position, because he was elevated to that position from praise and worship. He was elevated to that. So imagine teaching people how to praise God, teaching the angels, the heavenly hosts, how to praise God. And imagine your pride getting so big and so high that you say, this praise should be for me. 
I'm the one teaching them how to praise God. They all love me. And then imagine God said, you did so well, I'm going to elevate you to another level. And I'm going to allow you to be next to Michael, the other archangel, which is the other cherub. And Michael and him got a relationship. And God and Christ and Tyrus, they all had a relationship with Gabriel and everybody. They had a great relationship. And then Tyrus, every song, every praise that he taught the angels, the heavenly hosts, to praise and sing, to praise God in Christ. It began to build up in him that this praise should belong to him. And when they directed their praise toward the throne, where was Tyrus? At the throne. Because God elevated him to that position. And he's looking directly at them, praise Yahweh and Jesus Christ. Talk about pride. Talk about self-introspection. Something special. Something special this guy was. He's something special. Okay? He thought he was God. And that self-introspection is very bad. And he still carries that self-introspection until this day. Let me give you the definition of self-introspection. To look within yourself and compare what you have and what you don't have to others. Then to want and desire, even lust after what someone else has and plan to take it by any means necessary. Thus goes the cabal, the overthrow of Satan. That's what it's called, the cabal, the overthrow of Satan. Self-introspection is a disgusting thing. Let's go back to Ezekiel. Watch this, verse 3. There's a little bit about Tyrus you need to know. God speaking. Behold. Thou art wiser than Daniel. Daniel was pretty wise. There is no secret that they can hide from thee. With thine wisdom and with thine understanding, thou hast gotten the riches, made yourself something special, and hast gotten gold and silver into thy treasures. By thy great wisdom and by thy traffic, soul trafficker, hast thou increased thy riches, and thine heart is lifted up because of thy riches. That's that pride. Verse 6, to close this chapter out. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, because thou hast set thine heart as the heart of God. You set your heart as the heart of God, and there's a problem. So you're like, well, that really didn't prove nothing. It did, though. It, it proved a lot. Let's go to the book of Revelations. Revelations 12. A couple of verses there. Let me show you something else. Revelations 12, verse 3. This chapter 12 is a short chapter. There's only 17 verses. But it spans through every earth age. Through every earth age. It goes from the first earth age, right at the very beginning, all the way to the second one, and to the third. So watch this. Revelation 12, verse 3, if you have a say, glory to God. And there appeared another wonder in heaven. And behold, a great red dragon. I wonder who we're talking about. This is how people think Satan look. He's not a great red dragon. He doesn't have horns and a long tail and a pitchfork. That's how he wants you to think he look. Dragon is just symbolic of the beast that he is. That's all. Having seven heads and ten horns. Seven heads, ten horns. Horns is always symbolic of power. The seven heads. Watch this. And seven crowns upon his head. This is a one world political system that Satan used in the first earth age. A one world political system that he used. And I want you to see that. You got to understand that. Watch this. This is what he did. Verse 4, in his tail, the tail of a dragon, drew a third part of the stars of heaven. Stars is always symbolic of God's children. Hands down. It's always symbolic of God's children. And did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. Now hold on now. Hold, wait, wait, wait. 
So we went from the first earth age, Satan's political system that he set up, all the way, and I just read to you Ezekiel 28, right? Where did I, where did I stop at? Ezekiel 28, 1 through 6, telling you what he did in the first earth age. Here's his system right here that he set up. This very system is the same system that he's going to use again when he's kicked out of heaven at the sixth trump. Most people aren't ready for that. The world's not ready for that. And with that same system, he drew a third part of the stars of heaven. A third of God's children he drew. A third of God's children. Now, how could you draw a third of God's children? Well, how many souls did God create? 117 billion. That's how many souls God created. And he drew a third of God's children. That's millions and millions and millions of children. And then you had some who did nothing, who just stood there to wait to see who's going to win. Those are the no good ones too. They take on that same characteristic today. They do nothing. It's you a third of God's children. So we went from the first earth age down to the second earth age. Watch this. I'm going to read four again. So I want you to see how it flips to the second earth age, the one we currently live in. But it goes all the way to the time of Jesus Christ. Watch this. And his tail drew a third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. Did cast who? Satan was cast to the earth because of what he did. And the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to deliver for to devour her child as soon as it was born. Now when did this happen? Book of Luke. Book of Matthew. When God woke up Joseph and he said, Joseph, flee to Egypt. For here it seeks the child's life. And she was there for three and a half years. Watch this. This is what she did. Now we're talking of Mother Israel. This is Mary. And she brought forth a man child who was to rule all nations with the rod of iron. Now we know that's Jesus Christ. So we know that little baby's Jesus Christ. That's her firstborn. And we know that Satan's been trying to get the throne of God from jump. And her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. Watch this. Six. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she had a place prepared of God that they should feed her there a thousand and two hundred and three score days. There you go. I want you to understand. I want you to understand that. Satan was kicked out of heaven because of the catabo trying to take over heaven. He was on earth all the way up until Jesus Christ, baby being born, Gabriel woke up Joseph and said, take the woman and the child and head to Egypt. She stayed there for three and a half years. She comes back after Herod's dead. His son's in charge now. Okay. Then Jesus goes with his uncle, Joseph of Arimathea, to Glastonbury, England for the most part of his adolescence. Then he comes back and starts his ministry. Got a lot of stuff going on here, don't we? A whole lot of stuff. A whole lot of truth. Praise God. But if you want more proof, I'm going to give you more proof. Okay? I just gave you the one world system that he used to deceive everyone. That he drew a third of God's children. Watch this. Let's go to Jeremiah. The book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah 19. God's going to speak of the very destruction that he, that Satan caused, that Tyrus caused. He's going to show you the aftermath of the war after Satan's gone. As he was cast to the earth because of God's anger. From verse 19 all the way to verse 22. 
God speaks of another destruction that will take place at the seventh trump on the Lord's day. The day our Lord and Savior returns at the seventh trump after the sixth trump, which is the day Antichrist returns, Satan himself. So watch this. Listen to your father. Listen to him speak. Jeremiah 4, 19, if you have it, say glory to God. Again, this is speaking of a future destruction coming in this final generation. My bowels, my bowels. I am pain at my very heart. My heart maketh a noise in me. I cannot hold my peace. God said. He said. Because thou hast heard, O my soul, the sound of the trumpet, the alarm of war. What trumpet? The seventh trump. In the manuscript it says the furthest one out. That's the seventh trump. There's only seven of them. That's the one Christ returns at. The alarm of war. Destruction upon destruction is cried. For the whole land is spoiled. Suddenly are my tents spoiled. What's, what's, your, what's your tents? Your tents your tent is your body. And my curtains in a moment. This is the seventh trump where we all change instantly into our spiritual bodies at the return of Jesus Christ. Praise God. Watch this. God speaking. How long shall I see the standard and hear the sound of the trumpet? Okay, the standard is Jesus Christ. It has always been Jesus Christ. The trumpet is the seventh trump. He's saying, how long shall I have Christ sitting here with me while I watch everything that goes on on the earth and how horrible it is? How long? Watch this. God speaking. I didn't say it, he did. I agree though. For my people is foolish. They have not known me. How do you have the victory? By knowing God. How do you understand truth? By knowing Christ. How do you have eternal life? By knowing the true Christ. Not the fake one that comes first. They are sottish children. This word sottish in the Hebrew means they are stupid children. The word sottish means straight stupid. And they have none understanding. They are wise to do evil, but to do good, they have no knowledge. They have no knowledge at all to do good. It's like hard for people today, unless you have the love of God living inside of you. And you want to know more. Then it ain't hard for you to do good. That means you're a good person. Why isn't this taught in churches? I'm going to tell you why right now. Because a pastor with a full church a mega church or a medium-sized church, a small church. A pastor who's not called of God, but has been promoted to a position in the church, is not really a pastor. And they tell you not to teach over a fourth grade level. I know that for a fact. I know that for a fact. They tell you not to teach over a fourth grade level because you don't want to make anyone run. And then they say, they tell you in cemetery school, they tell you, not to say things that's going to offend the people in the church. Meaning don't correct them. Let them live their own life. Don't say anything to them that's going to harden them. Don't warn them from God. Because you're going to lose people. Like I told my professor, I told him, I said, listen, what you're doing here is a scheme. He said, excuse me? I said, just let me get my stuff and go. Simple as that. Let me get my stuff and go. What you're doing here is a scheme. You're teaching people to put people into the ground. You're not teaching them to give life to people. To quicken people. And he don't like me. Not too many people do when it comes to the truth. Okay? It is what it is. Because I, I, I 
I teach it like God wants it taught. You're stupid, you're stupid. You're sadish, you're sadish. God said it, not me. I just agree with them. Because the very thing that will save your soul is the very thing you're laxed in. The very thing that can save your whole entire family is the very thing you're laxed in. You're so relaxed about it. So to me, that's stupid. To God, that's stupid. Verse 23. Here we go back to the first earth age. After the cabal. After Satan, which I just read to you in Revelations 12, 3 through 6. After Satan tried to take over. After there was a war that erupted between good and evil. Just as there is a war between good and evil today. Watch this, verse 23. Mark it. God speaking, Yahweh. I behold the earth, meaning he looked. And you're going to hear Genesis in this. I behold the earth, and lo, it was without form and void. That is tuhu vabuhu. Genesis chapter 1, 1 through 2. And the heavens, and they had no light. Genesis chapter 1 through 5. They had no light at all. The earth was there. The sun was there. The moon was there. But everything was blackened because of the destruction that was caused between Yahweh and Satan. I beheld the mountains and lo, they trembled at his presence. And all the hills moved lightly. Imagine something here. Okay, you talk about that. There's, there's, a, there's a crater in New Mexico. Okay? And that crater is bigger than about, say, 10 football fields. This is massive. And it's millions of years old, that crater. That's about where God threw Satan down. That's about where he threw him down from heaven to the earth. Now imagine God's mighty arm and all his power. Taking Satan, bowling that fool up, and throwing him down to the earth with all wrath, with all fury, with all anger. You think the mountains not going to tremble? The oceans came out of themselves. The oceans came out of themselves and covered the mountains. There was no life after God did that. Dinosaurs ceased to exist after that. Instant death. The shifting of the polar caps. The shifting of the North Pole and the South Pole. The tectonic plates within the earth were all shook up and broken up. Africa, South America, and Florida don't connect anymore, but they still do. They spread apart because of the rumble in heaven that God threw down that food tyrus to the earth and made the mountains move. How you make a mountain shake? Only with the wrath of God. Amen. Watch this. I'm going to read 24 again. I beheld the mountains and lo, God speaking here. They trembled and all the hills moved lightly. I beheld and lo, there was no man. And all the birds of the heavens were fled. All the birds of the heavens were fled. This is not Noah's flood. Because if all the birds of the heaven were gone, Noah had a raven and a, a dove on his ship and other birds as well. This is not Noah's flood. 
Don't get it twisted. I beheld and lo, the fruitful places was a wilderness. Now let's get it. If all the fruitful places was a wilderness, what did Noah send the dove out to grab? An olive leaf, an olive branch. So this is not Noah's flood. Listen, to be honest about it, there wasn't even a seed left over. That's why God had to recreate the seed in this earth age. Praise God. This is the power of God we're speaking of here. In all the cities, yes, there were cities. Because we were allowed to traverse from heaven to earth. From heaven to earth. From heaven to earth. We were in our spiritual bodies. The dinosaurs were in their physical bodies. If a dinosaur and us were in the flesh at the same time, we would be on the menu. Therefore, God made us spiritual. We had the right to traverse up and down. Praise God. Just like the angels do today. Therefore... Were broken down at the presence of the Lord Yahweh. And he made sure he used his sacred name. Yahweh. L-O-R-D. And by his fierce anger. Why was he angry? Again, this is not Noah's flood. Why was God angry? Because of what Tyrus did. That's why he was angry. Wouldn't you be angry if your child. That you promoted, picked up, lift them up. And then turn on you. Wouldn't you be angry? Watch this. For thus hath the Lord Yahweh said, The whole land shall be desolate at this moment. Yet will I not make a full end. This is God's promise. He will not completely destroy the earth. Thus go us in the flesh. Amen. This is why we're in the flesh. For this shall the earth mourn and the heavens above be black. Because I have spoken it, I have purposed it. And I will not repent, neither will I turn back from it. This is your father speak. You have to hear what he's saying to you. This is the aftermath of the Kabul, the overthrow of Tyrus, of Satan. Yahweh's shown you his anger he had towards Tyrus, even Satan, because of what he did and all the evil he committed and what he's still trying to do to this very day. Trying to destroy Yahweh and Jesus Christ, take Yahweh's kingdom, but he can't because Yahweh is greater than all. And I just showed you how Satan did it in Revelation 12, 3, 6. Let's go to Psalms 104. We're almost done with the study for that one. Psalms 104. Let's go to Psalms 104. We're going to read here. We're going to read Genesis chapter 1 here, basically. And I'm going to point out to you the things of Genesis chapter 1. We're going to read it to you. And I want you to see that we're even going to read even before... Genesis chapter 1 in the first earth age. Okay? And I want you to see that. Genesis, I mean, Psalms 104 verse 1. If you have it, say glory to God. Bless the Lord Yahweh, O my soul. O Lord Yahweh, my God. Thou art very great. Thou art clothed with honor and majesty. And he is. He's a magnificent God. No one can do the things that he does. No one, you can't compare God to anyone or anything. Who covereth thyself with light, his Shekinah glory. As with a garment, who stretcheth out the heavens like a curtain. Yeah, here we go. He's creating now. Who stretcheth out the heavens like a curtain. He's showing you what he did. Who lay the beams of his chambers in the waters. Who maketh the clouds his chariots. Who walketh upon the wings of the wind. This word wind is ruach. And it means spirit. His Holy Spirit, His Holy Spirit carries him. Who maketh his angels spirits, his ministers a flaming fire. Praise God. Who laid the foundations of Erez. 
That's the earth in the Hebrew tongue. That it should not be removed forever. God said the earth should not be removed forever. It's here for a reason. Because God wants to dwell with us. Amen. Thou coverest it with the deep as with a garment. That's the ocean, my friend. The water stood above the mountains. When did the water stand above the mountains? After the cabal. After the destruction. I just told you that. After the destruction, they stood above the mountains. All the way back to Jeremiah 4, 19 through, 19 through 28. Watch this. At thy rebuke, they fled. At the voice of thy thunder, they hasted away. What hasted away? It was that instant rebuke. He says, waters subside. Instantly. It wasn't, it didn't take 40 days for the waters to subside here. He says, instantly. He says, Bringing them down. Praise God. They go up by the mountains. They go down by the valleys unto the place which thou hast found it for them. What place? He formed several places for them. Rivers, lakes, ponds, and the sea. The ocean. Nine. Thou hast set a bound that they may not pass over, that they turn not again to cover the earth. What is this again? Because it happened in the first earth age. He's saying, this is why you could go to the beach today and be happy because he told the mighty waves of the ocean of every ocean do not pass this point we're not doing that again he made a promise even to noah that i will not flood the earth by water ever again because it's coming by fire next time glory to god he even controls the waters that we swim in verse 9 again thou hast set a bond abound that they may not pass over that they turn not again to cover the earth he sendeth the springs into the valley which run among the hills they give drink to every beast of the field the wild ass quench their thirst now listen god had to take the waters that was at the top above the mountains you know how big a mountain is huh the waters are usually below the mountains amen but when all the waters of every ocean, there's seven of them, and every lake and every pond and every river spill into each other. You can't hold that. So it has only one place to do. It goes up from there, and it covers the mountains. And he's saying in Genesis, when he created the heavens, and when he, when he recreated the heavens, recreated the earth, and now there's fowl here he's creating. He got the waters, everything where they need to be. And now he's creating the fire because now they got something to drink. They give drink to every beast of the field. The wild asses quench their thirst. He quenches the thirst of all the wild animals. By them shall the fowls of the heavens have their habitation, which sing among the branches. The water of the hills from his chambers. The earth is satisfied with the fruit of thy works. Praise God. Watch this. He causeth the grass to grow. Wait, there was no grass? I told you, not even a living seed there was. He had to regrow grass for the cattle and the herb for the service of man. Hmm. This is not man with particle and article. This is six-day creation. We'll get into that. That he may bring forth food out of the earth and wine, those grapes, that make him glad for the heart of man. And oil, you see how he gradually went into all of this? He had to bring the water down. What could you grow without water? Nothing. Not one thing. He didn't make it rain yet. He didn't even make it rain yet. And wine that maketh glad the heart of man, 
So everything's like, you know, how you it, it it just it overfloods and rains, but you can still walk outside and it's like mushy. That's how it is right now. That's how it was right then. Everything's being good. Grass is growing, seeds growing, the birds are coming, which take from this tree, which take from that tree, plant a tree there, plant a tree there, just by their own poop. God has a system, and wine that maketh glad the heart of man, created six-day creation here, and oil to make his face to shine, and bread which strengthens man's heart. The trees of the Lord are full of sap which he hath planted. They were gone. He planted them. They were gone. God was working, wasn't he? He was working. Where the birds make their nest, as for the stork, the fir trees are her house. That's a big bird. The high hills are a refuge for the wild goats and the rocks. For the conies. Now let me explain something to you. Okay. Wild goats. Are mountain goats. Okay. Mountain goats live where? On mountains. They run. Like they. Like a gazelle on land. On the mountain. Up and down the mountain. He couldn't create them. Until the mountain was clear of all the water. Now we're getting into goats and other stuff. He appointed the moon. For seasons, and the sun knoweth his going down. He didn't say he created them. They, are, they were already created. Again, they were just blackened because of the destruction. Thou makest darkness, and it is night wherein all the beasts of the forest do creep forth. Don't be in the forest at night. <laughs> no. Not when all the creeps come out, okay? All those insects? No, they just... As soon as the moon come up, they start to push through the dead leaves. Okay? It's a problem. The young lions roar after their prey and seek their meat from God. Yeah. The sun ariseth, they gather themselves together and lay them down in the dens. Man goeth forth unto his work and to his labor until the evening. Watch this. O Lord Yahweh, how manifold are thy works. I love this verse. In wisdom hast thou made all them. The earth is full of thy riches. Yes, it is. This word manifold here. Yahweh's manifold creations. All his beautiful creation. Not one is the same. That's what manifold means. Not one is the same. They're all different. All things have their own greatness. Because Yahweh is great. And you can't compare it to anything else. The manifold creation of God. It is absolutely amazing. 25 to close this chapter up. So is this great and wide sea, wherewith are things creeping innumerable, both small and great beasts. You know, this, this word great beast is translated sea serpent. You do the math on that one. Okay. This is Yahweh showing you how he recreated everything after he destroyed everything. Due to the cabal. He showed us Genesis. He literally did. Chapters 1 plus 2. Days 1 through 8. Days 1 through 8 he showed us. From what I just read. If I keep going. It goes even further. But I'm not going to keep going. 
We got a couple more places to go. Then we're going to end this study here and head to the next one. Stay with me. So would God create something? Would God create something that's waste? Would he create a wasteland? Would he create something that's not inhabitable? He wouldn't do that. Go with me to Isaiah 45. Isaiah 45. Listen to your father. Isaiah 45 verse 18. Listen to God speak. If you have it, say glory to God. For thus saith the Lord Yahweh, that created the heavens, God himself that formed the earth and made it, he hath established it, he created it not in vain. This word is familiar to you. It's tuhu. He didn't create it in tuhu. He formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord, Yahweh, and there is none else. I have not spoken in secret in a dark place of the earth. Nope, he did not. I'm bringing it to you in light. I'm enlightening you. But most churches, they don't teach this because they're in the dark. They don't know. I said not unto the seed of Jacob, seek ye me in vain. I didn't tell you to seek me in vain. And to who? In emptiness. I, the Lord Yahweh, speak righteousness. I declare things that are right. That's all I know how to do. Amen. Let's go to Isaiah 65. Couple quick hitters. Isaiah 65, 17. Watch this. He, speak, he speaks of new heaven and new earth. A new heaven age and a new earth age. In Isaiah. Watch this. Let's say glory to God. Verse 17. If you have. For behold. I create new heavens. And a new earth. The former shall not be remembered. Nor come into mind. He's speaking of the new heaven age. And the new earth age. That's coming. After the destruction. On the Lord's day. Watch this. That's the destruction we spoke of. From Jeremiah chapter 4, 19, all the way to verse 22. That's seven trump. Watch this. But be ye glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. Be happy about what you have on earth. For behold, I create Jerusalem a rejoicing and her people a joy. And I will rejoice in Jerusalem. That's his favorite place. Mount Zion is Yahweh's favorite place in the whole universe. I didn't say world. I said universe. His kingdom will be set up there. Revelations 22, Revelations 21. And joy in my people and the voice of weeping shall no more be heard in her. Nor the voice of crying. Why? We got a new heaven and a new earth age. Satan's gone. Revelations chapter 20. He's gone. There shall be no more fence an infant of days, nor an old man that have not filled his days. We're going to live until we can't live no more, he's saying. That's eternal life. For the child shall die a hundred years old. A child shall die a hundred years old. Eternal life. Listen. But the sinner, being a hundred years old, shall be accursed. Remember, we talk a lot about how people think they get away with stuff. How people don't want to change and they don't want to be right. And I always say, what about your latter end? There you go. 
God says the same thing. That's why I talk about it. And they shall build houses and inhabit them. You know how you're always working hard to give what you have to someone else sometimes? Because you don't own your time and you don't really own what you have. You understand what I'm saying to you? Now you're always working hard, right? And it belongs to someone else. And you just get a percentage of what you do. God said that stops in the, in the next earth age. That stops. And if you use wisdom now, that stops even right now. If you use wisdom right now, it stops right now. Okay? And they shall build houses and inhabit them. And they shall plant vineyards and eat the fruit of them. They shall not build another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. Unless, except for the birds in my case. They eat all my cherries. For as the days of a tree are the days of my people. You know how old a tree is? Hmm? He speaks of eternal life, but he's speaking of it in a sense where you can understand it. Because the oldest trees that are on this earth, okay? They're over 7,000 years old. So you see, he's speaking of eternal life. This earth age that we currently live in is only 13,000 years old. That's it. It's, it's creeping up on that. And it's creeping past the 13,000 going into the 14,000. And if we get to the 14,000, we know we're getting to the millennium. We're close. 22 again. And they shall not build another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For as the days of a tree... Are the days of my people and my elect. Here we go, switching the subject here. My elect shall long enjoy the work of their hands. They shall not labor in vain in Tuhu, nor bring forth for trouble. For they are the seed of the blessed of the Lord Yahweh and their offspring with them, because they teach their kids right. And it shall come to pass. That before they call, I will answer. Yep, I know about this. And while they are yet speaking, I will hear. Yep, I know about this. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together. Now, a wolf today eats the lamb. But the wolf and the lamb will feed together because we're not speaking of this flesh earth age. We're speaking of a spiritual earth age, the one to come. Praise God. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together and the lion shall eat straw like the bullock. The dust shall be the serpent's meat. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountains, saith the Lord. Yahweh, praise God. Is that not beautiful? Is that not wonderful? Are you not entertained? <laughs> I pray you are. <laughs> I pray you are. Glory to God. We got to give God all the glory. He would not create a wasteland. He wants himself, Jesus Christ. To live with those that love him. Eternally. Praise God. One more place for this topic. And then we're going to go to the next one. Second Peter chapter 3. Talking about the new earth age. The new heaven age. I just told you why we're here in the flesh. For all of this. Okay. We started spiritual in the first earth age. Satan ruined everything. Tyrus. With the cabal. That war, he was cast out. Now we're here in the flesh. And this is a testing ground. This is a testing ground to see who will love Yahweh and Jesus Christ. And who will love Satan. This is a testing ground. God will not take anything to the new earth age that is not tested. 
If you are not tested, you are in trouble. You must be tested. So, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 5. If you have a say, glory to God. Peter speaking. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, very old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water. Does this just not solidify everything I've been saying to you? It just does. The mountain standing out of the water, the earth age that was destroyed. The earth wasn't destroyed. The terra firma wasn't destroyed. But the earth age was the first one. Verse 6. Whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. There you go. That first earth age. But the heavens and the earth which are now second earth age. The one we currently live in. By the same word are kept in store reserved unto Fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Again, this is a testing ground. This earth age, though, the second one we currently live in, will be destroyed by fire. Book of Revelation speaks of it. Period. Let's skip all the way to verse 13. Skip with me all the way to verse 13. Let's read it. Nevertheless, we... According to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, a new heaven age and a new earth age, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Only righteousness will be there because God in Christ will be there. And there is nothing that will be offensive or that is evil that will be in the next earth age. Praise God. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found in him in peace, without spot and blameless, meaning Spot and blameless meaning what? That you do not worship Antichrist, Satan, Tyrus. That you do not fall for that same one world system that most people fought for in the first earth age. That same system that is going to use here in this earth age. You will not fall for it because I warned you. I warned you that he who comes first at the sixth trump is a fake. The true Christ comes after the false Christ. Glory to God. So you will not be found with spot and, and guilt. You will be fine. And account that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation. Even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to his wisdom given unto him, have written unto you, as also in all his epistles, speak in, though, in, them, speak in them of those things in which are some things hard to be understood. Which they that are unlearned and unstable wrestle, as they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction. They weren't called of God. They pretend to know God. They're only in it for the money. Period. Hands down, that's the truth. What did God call them back in um, Jeremiah? Sodish. Stupid. And that's exactly what they are. False teachers, false pastors, false churches. It's not right. 17. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before, beforehand you know them, beware lest ye also, being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Praise God. Now that is the truth. And I only find one thing to make sense to me in my life. That is the truth. That is Yahweh's truth. It makes sense. It just does.
Now let's get into, there's only two places we're going here. Let's go back to Genesis 1. Genesis 1. There's some things I'm going to show you in the manuscripts afterwards. I'm going to show you the manuscripts. When this is published to Spotify, there will be a picture of it, and I will explain through the picture, okay? And I will explain that way. But I will show you manually what I'm speaking of here, those who are here live with me in person, okay? From the manuscripts. So Genesis chapter 1, verse 19. So we're going to start this one here. And we're going to talk about the six-day creation. Okay? The six-day creation. We're like, well, I never heard of a six-day creation. Well, God created things on day one, day two, day three, day four, day five, day six. He began to create human beings. Okay? Human beings. The different races that live among us today. The original races, anyway. A lot of stuff has been watered down. Question is, are we all from Mother Eve? Or was there humans before Adam and Eve? The word Adam in the Hebrew tongue just means man. It means man. This Adam does not have the particle or the article. At all. And I'm going to show you that. So let's read this here. Okay, I'm going to start with verse 19 because it ends day four. Okay, and the evening and the morning were the fourth day. Verse 20, and God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creatures that have life, the fowl that they may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven. Now this goes all the way back to Psalms 104. And God created great wells and every living creature that moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind, and every winged fowl after his kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas. Hold on. God told the animals to do what? To fill the waters and the seas. They're empty. They are empty. So we saying replenish them. Again, if I give you a basket of apples, right? And you take all the apples away and you give it to me, you say replenish these. There was something there before, right? Right. And God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply and, and fill the waters and the seas and, and let the fowl multiply in the earth. In the evening and the morning were the fifth day. He did all that on the fifth day. Here we go. Now, one day with the Lord is a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day, just to let you know. Book of Peter, okay? So each day is a thousand years. Watch this. 24. And God said, this is a polysendentent, so I'm going to read it with the respect that it deserves. The polysendentent means there's more said here than what's being said. So it should read, and the magnificent, omnipotent, wonderful, magnificent, loving, creative God said, Let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, cattle and creeping thing, and the beast of the earth after his kind. And it was so. This is Psalms 104. And the magnificent, omnipotent God made the beast of the earth after his kind, and cattle after their kind, and Everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind, and God saw that it was good. There you go. This is the beginning. Okay? 
He's showing you something here. Psalms 104. Right? Here we go. And the magnificent, omnipotent, wonderful God said, Let us make man in our image. Now, who's us? He's talking to someone. Jesus Christ and the angels. Let us make man in our image. Now, this man here is Adam. Not the first Adam, which you're going to read later. But this is a different Adam. This Adam has not the particle or the article. I wish you could see this, but I'm going to do it justice when I do it on Spotify and iHeart. I'm going to show you. What I want you to show them is that there is no particle, no article here at all. Okay? This indicates. See how longer? That word is much longer than that one. And they both are man. This indicates the particle and the article. Right there. Okay, there is a difference in the words. Hebrew reads right to left. Greek reads left to right. 26 again. In the magnificent omnipotent God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So he's creating here hunters. Hunters, hunters, and hunters. Okay? Fishermen, hunters. This is not who Jesus Christ would come through. At all. Watch this. As you saw, that man, Adam, does not have the particle or the article. When the word has the particle and the article, the word is much longer. It's much longer. It's, it's way longer. There's an leaf missing. There's the E-T-H-F Ha H-A Adam F Ha Adam Particle Article It's all missing here. All of it. Glory to God. So God created man without particle and article in his own image. In the image of God created he male and female created he them simultaneously. They were created at the same exact time. Same time. And God blessed them and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. There's that word replenish again. And replenish the earth. Why? Because everything was gone. I need you to create man. I need you to procreate. Okay? I need you to do something good. And put seed in the earth. And subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air. And over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Praise God. Watch this. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb-bearing seed. We weren't even allowed to eat meat yet. Every herb-bearing seed, which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree, and the which is the fruit of the of a tree yielding seed, to you it shall be for meat. We were vegetarians, pretty much vegans, basically, right? And to every beast of the earth, and to every fowl of the air, and to everything that creepeth upon the earth, where there is life, I have. I have given every green herb for meat. Every green herb for meat. And it was so. You want to be healthy? You can go back to that. You'll be fine. Amen. You want to lose weight? You go back to that. You'll be fine. 
the biblical weight loss diet from God, <laughs> literally. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was what? Very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. So why is there racism? Somebody tell me. Why is there racism? Why do people hate on each other for no reason? All because of who here? Satan. That's why. His spirit traverses the earth and causes idiocy throughout human beings who don't know God. Who don't know God. Therefore, their spirit is overpowered by the spirit of Satan. There is no need for racism and for hatred and jealousy and enviness on earth. All these races are the original races of the earth. All of them right here. The original races. And these races, this is this is the kicker. The African race, the Asian race, the um the Pacific Islander race, the European race. And all the other original races, right? Guess what? Their race and the history of their race is over 800 years longer than Israel's. 800 years longer than Israel's, who we're about to talk about right now. So that proves that they were here before Israel because their history is longer than Israel's history. What do I know? Praise God. There is no denying this truth at all. We are not all from Eve and Adam, for that would be an impossible thing. Only a stupid idiot would believe that. Or someone very ignorant. An ignorance bliss in this case, but we are all from different races, and it's very good in the eyes of our loving Father. It's very good. Let's close out with this. Genesis 2. Let's get right into this. Genesis chapter 2, verse 1. If you have it, say glory to God. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished. All is done. Everything's done. Okay? And all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had made. And he rested on the seventh day from all his works, which he had made. Now, hold up. The seventh day is a Sabbath. And as God instructs us. Because Jesus Christ became the king of the Sabbath. And as he instructs us to always keep the Sabbath. Jesus Christ is our rest. Sabbath just means rest. Jesus Christ is our rest. God says, I am resting. I am showing you how I want this done moving forward. And that's for every race. Not just for Israel. It's for every single race. To rest on the Sabbath. And this ain't no calendar thing about Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It, it ain't none of that. It's to know when the Sabbaths are and to follow them. Well, Sunday's rest day. No, it ain't. I'm working. It ain't rest day. I'm working. Well, what about Saturday? It ain't rest day. Every day is rest in Jesus Christ when you know the truth and when you have him. God said, I rested. You're not better than me. You will rest. Glory to God. He finished all his work. Everything that he was going to make at that moment, he was done with. And he's resting for a thousand years to watch how everything goes and works. That's God. And now he's putting his ultimate plan into place by bringing in Eth Ha'adam, 
F ha Adam again with particle and article, signifying that this is the people that Jesus Christ would come through. Glory to God. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, made it holy, because that in it he had rested from all his works which he had created and made, the first Sabbath ever. Now, when you have a title like this, you know we're going into a new era of life. Watch this. Verse 4. These are the generations of heavens and of the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord Yahweh God made the earth and the heavens and every plant of the field before it was in the earth and every herb of the field before it grew. There you go. There's proof. For the Lord Yahweh God had not caused it to rain upon the earth. He didn't cause it to rain yet. How long has it been? It's been 7,000 years and he has not caused it to rain yet. 7,000 years, and it's not raining. It's about to, though. Because what, what happens when it rains? You need somebody to till the ground, don't you? You need a farmer now, right? Things are going to begin to grow. So the people that he's about to create are farmers. And he's going to create farm animals. Watch this. And there was not a man to till the ground. You got to solve this problem. But there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. That's that dew that you see every morning, winter, spring, or fall. It's there every morning. Amen. And the magnificent, omnipotent Lord Yahweh, God formed a man of the dust of the ground. Now, basically, what he's doing here is he's showing you how he created the six-day creation. For the same way he created the six-day creation is the same way he created Adam with the particle and the article. Amen. He's just showing it to you. And breathe into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. Glory to God. Verse 8. And the magnificent, omnipotent Lord Yahweh God planted a garden eastward in Eden. He created Adam. Eth Ha-Adam. With the particle and the article. He's all by himself though. He's all by himself. He's communicating with the other races, but he is in a place all by himself. He is in, he is separated from the other races. God just created this Eden here. He's not near the six day creation. He sees him. He's like, yo, what's going on over there? Oh, you can't come over here. We good. How you doing? All right. Wave and just keep it moving. Watch this. Eight again. And the magnificent omnipotent Lord Yahweh, God planted a garden eastward in Eden. God's a gardener. And there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground made the Lord Yahweh to the site. And good for food, the tree of life, which is also Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. That's who this is, the tree of life. Wherever the Father is, the Son is as well. And in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Oh, I wonder who that is. I told you back in the other study. This is Satan himself. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil because he knows how to be good, but he chooses to be evil because that's who he is. And a river went out of Eden to water the garden. And from thence it was parted and became into four heads. This is beautiful because whenever you have, I'll take the river now, for example, everything by the river and everything for two to three miles out on the side of the river is all lush because of the river. 
So imagine how it's four rivers here. Imagine how lush the Garden of Eden was. Plus it gives you a location to where it was due to um, the rivers. The name of the first is Pison, which is um, near, the Garden of Eden was huge, which is near Iraq. That is, which compasses the whole land of Hevelah, where there is gold. And that, that river leads into Iraq. That's how big that river is, okay? And the gold of that land is good. And the name of the second river is Gihon. The same is it that compasses the whole land of Ethiopia. So you know it compasses the whole land of We know we're in Africa, right? And the name of the third river is Helico. That is, that is it which goeth toward the east of Assyria. And the fourth river is Euphrates, where those fallen angels are. 15. And the magnificent, omnipotent Lord Yahweh, God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it. The word dress here is work it and to keep it. And the magnificent, omnipotent Lord Yahweh, God, commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. Hmm. This is a whole another subject we'll get into at another time. This is law. When God tells you something directly, it becomes law. 18. And the magnificent, omnipotent Lord, Yahweh, God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helpmeet for him. I'm going to give him a wife. And out of the ground, the Lord, Yahweh, God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. This is farmer Adam here, what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. Now these are farm animals, remember. And Adam gave names to all cattle and to the fowl of the air, farm fowl, okay, Flightless birds like chickens, okay, emus, stuff like that. And to every beast of the field, but for Adam there was not found a helpmate for him. God creates his woman. And the magnificent, omnipotent Lord Yahweh, God, caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof now this word rib here is curve it's translated in the hebrew curve and we know we get our word helix curve from that we know what helix curve is helix curve is dna and dna is is you take this chromosome you take that chromosome you're gonna get a woman okay so god did open surgery here the first one on adam to create this Woman, Eve. And he didn't do it from a rib. He did it from DNA. Look up the word rib in the Hebrew. It's translated curve. And then translate that word to helix curve. And then you got your answer. DNA. Glory to God. 20.
22 in the rib, which the Lord God had taken from man, made he a woman, and brought her unto the man. 23. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. Wait, I won't say it like woman. Because she was taken out of man. <laughs> Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife. And they shall be one flesh. One working flesh. Yep. Again, you are not a whole person until you find your other half. Glory to God. And that's the truth. That is the truth. And they both were naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Why? Because they're obeying God. When you obey God, there's no shame. When you disobey God, there's all the shame. Big time. I want to say this to you. Only Yahweh's truth makes sense. And I just explained from the manuscripts, which is coded by number, and they cannot be changed at all. They cannot be changed at all. At all. That's a fact. That's truth. And so basically what I said to you was that there is a six-day creation that God created. All the original races on the earth. God looked and it was very good. And then he created Eth Ha'adam with the particle and the article through whom Jesus Christ would come through. Thus goes the name Mother Eve because you're not living unless you are connected to Jesus Christ from umbilical cord to umbilical cord to umbilical cord. Amen? So we all didn't come from Adam and Eve. That's an impossibility. Okay? We all have our own race, our own thing. It is what it is. God looked and what did he say? It is very, very good. Remember to stay in the grace of God because that's where he wants you. God bless you all. I love you all. All going to pray to the Father and the Son. I take credit for nothing. In Jesus' name, amen. Were you moved by today's message? Download it now via our website for a donation of $10. Help us sow a seed of truth around the world. Donate any amount today. Thank you and God bless you.